for me, the nutritional side's been really important because that's me taking ownership of myself and me doing something for myself instead of just letting others do it for me or telling me what to do. And that has been really, really, really important for me. And I think helped me a lot, you know. Um, I've lost a few friends along the way. People have stopped talking to me because um, of my choices. They've called me selfish, um, said that I'm not thinking about my kids, um, you know, various um, comments. Because I was meant to have a mastectomy now and I um, have discharged myself. So after my second lumpectomy, they told me I needed a mastectomy because they haven't removed all the cancer cells. At which point I said, okay, stop now. I need to um, reevaluate my situation and I need to take a step back and I need to think about what I want to do. Now, I'm not saying I won't do that in the future. I've told, said to Linda, you know, if my situation changes, then I'm not stupid. Um, if I need to do that, I will. But for the moment, I don't feel I need to. Um, and I would like to give my body a chance to do its thing. You know, I, that there is a lot of disconnect, and I, I think um, people who uh, or cancer patients don't get properly listened to. And I think that's what you know, Sarah found that nobody kind of was respecting her decisions that she wanted to make. And whilst I can't tell her it is the right decision or it's the wrong decision, you know, it's this is her decision, but I'm I'm there to support her through her decision. And of course, if you know, we get to the point where. I will say, Sarah, I think you really need to have the surgery or, you know, rethink that. But I also want to respect her feelings about everything that's been happening. And she has done so much research. Hello, and welcome to the Natural Healthcare Network podcast. My name is Deb McLeod, and I really appreciate your sitting in and listening in. Today, we have Sarah Bartram joining us, along with qualified nutritional therapist Linda Sims. Sarah is going to share her personal story about having breast cancer, not once, but twice. So I hope you sit back and enjoy listening to Sarah and Linda talk about this journey. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining me on my podcast today. It is really great to have you here with me pleasure Debbie thank you for having us yeah brilliant thank you <laughs> I always laugh at this bit because I'm always looking at people going come on <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking who's gonna start <laughs> good that lets me know how the day's gonna go yay okay well we are here today to talk about you Sarah um really and it's about your journey yep. and it sounds a bit odd to say your journey with breast cancer because I don't know, but it's more about your health journey and your life and how you've really dealt with breast cancer, not just once, but twice now. Is that right? That is, yeah. So are you happy to tell a little bit about your background and then we can you can talk about Linda? 
Oh, I'll be here all day if I Linda. talk about Linda. <laughs> no, 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 it's, about, it's about Sarah. <laughs> yeah, and, and we can talk with Linda a little bit about the nutrition side, but it, it's mostly about you and how you have dealt with having breast cancer and what that's been like for you. So are you happy to just take it away and then we interrupt as and when? Yeah, cool. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So I'll just start at the beginning. Um, right. I'm a teacher. I work in a special needs school and that's where I was when I was first diagnosed. Um, it was a bit strange because my cousin um, found out she had breast cancer and I don't know, I've never really felt or checked or anything like that, but I think the fact that she had it made me a bit more aware. So um, I did check and I found a lump. Um, I just assumed it was nothing, thought oh, that's just you know, one of these things, went to the doctor. He also was very kind of blasé about it. Um, it's fine, but, you know, we need to go and get it checked. Uh, went to get it checked. And as soon as I went in for the results, I knew it was bad news because there was about 100 people in the room. Um, so I sort of knew straight away. It took the guy a very long time to say it, um, which made me quite frustrated. Um, and eventually they said, yeah, it's cancer. So, of course, I was devastated um the first my first thoughts at that time was right I'm going to die um what's going to happen to my kids um I was completely devastated as as anyone would be um it it was quite a weird time for me because I was pregnant and so obviously I had Gosh. massive concerns um over my unborn child um and at that time I think my main focus wasn't really about me. It was about um, Esther, who is here and is lovely. Oh, um, oh. So I think that my mind was very different that time to how it is um, now. And that's why I do call it a journey um, because I've gone on quite a long road to get where I am now. Um, so the first time that I had um, cancer, I just listened to everything that I was told. I followed all my instructions. I had to have an operation, which um, I was absolutely terrified because I thought I was going to wake up and find that I wasn't pregnant anymore. Um, so that was quite a big, um, a big, big thing for me. Um, I, everything was fine um, when I came round, and the first thing I asked, "Am I still pregnant? Am I still pregnant?" And once I felt her move, I was like, "Oh, phew! Now I can relax." And I think that really took my mind off the actual cancer. I was really more focused on her. Um, then when she was born, after she was born, they let they very kindly let me breastfeed for a bit um, and then said that I needed to have uh, radiotherapy, um, which I had. I had to go with a newborn baby or pretty, she was about four or five weeks. Um, the nurses weren't allowed to hold her. Um, so I had no one to hold her for me. So I had to get a lovely lady who um, I found out came at the same time as me every day. So she used to look after Esther for me while I had my radiotherapy. Um, it was quite a traumatic time, um, I have to say. Um, and I, luckily I was on maternity leave. I, if that's lucky, I don't know, spending my time having radiotherapy, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so I was on maternity leave. And then after it was all over, I went back to work. And I think having a baby and two other kids, I kind of tried to forget about the cancer. Obviously, it is always in your mind, I think, don't think that ever goes but I tried my hardest to kind of like carry on as normal as normal as I possibly could but what I found was other people <laughs> weren't quite as normal towards me um 
I found that people at work, as lovely as they as they are and as supportive as they were, um, they would there was always quite heavy weighted questions. Oh, how are you? And go, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. No, no, how are you? Well, I'm all right. I'm not dead yet. I'm fine. Um, and I got a bit fed up with it. I was like, I'm never going to get away from this. And I feel like I want to. So that's, and also I had, this sounds, uh, I've, I've, I think very differently now than I did then. But at that time, I was very concerned about dying. And I was very worried about my kids. And I didn't, my kids have uh, got mixed heritage. So their dad is um, from Malawi. And I was really scared that I would go and my kids wouldn't, have that part of their family so I decided that I wanted to go and live there um, for my kids to get to know their Malawian family so if anything happened to me um, which it could anyway it might not be cancer um, at least they'd have those connections so that's what we did and I think it was probably one of the best things um, that I ever ever did because people there see death very differently than we do yeah. in this country and when I mentioned cancer, no one was even bothered. Uh, oh, yeah, really? Right, let's go get a cup of tea. And that's actually what I needed. I didn't, I needed that. I didn't need that look of, oh, I don't know what to say. So um, it was really lovely. And obviously, sunshine, fresh fruit and veg, it's all seasonal. Walking yeah. around barefoot, which is really fashionable in England now. Um, you know, all those things and just being with amazing people and for me it was brilliant it was a really good it was I think it was really 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 um good for me um can I ask you a question interrupt your flow because it's quite that's a that's a hell of a journey how many years ago was it when you were first diagnosed with with breast cancer roughly 10 years ago so okay. I was 40 yeah and how how far along were you in your pregnancy oh I think I was about four months gosh that must have been uh, that must that must have been really scary for you. I mean, you said it was. You mentioned that earlier. You just kind of you breeze through that very quickly. This is the way it happened. But blimey! Well, you know. I think I breeze through it quickly because it is quite. An, it's still quite emotional, okay. and okay. I think that um, I can't ever. I'll never forget that. And I still, even now, when I went into the operating theatre, I'm really scared really 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 scared and I think that's linked to um um what happened before because and the the I mean the other thing after was the surgeon who is I have to say she was amazing um she said to me she said you're the first pregnant person I've operated on um and I was not operating on one person I was operating on two and I was really scared and it's only when she said that that you realize that it was a big thing. They'd only operated, I think, it had been six pregnant women in the hospital. There, were, there wasn't very many. Um, and like the whole thing afterwards as well, you know, breastfeeding, I could, yeah. um, I, I think I could only breastfeed on one side from what I can remember. I can't remember the whole thing. Yes, I could only breastfeed on one side. And I ended up with, what's that thing where the it all blocks up and you get oh. a fever? Mastitis. That's the one, Linda. I knew you'd get it. So I got that and then I had all that thing around, oh, you need to be breastfeeding, otherwise your child will never succeed in the world. And so I had all that <laughs> stuff going on as well. And, you know, 
but in a way, in a weird way, I think it was good because I didn't dwell on myself too much. Um, I was more focused on Esther. Um, and I think maybe in a way, yeah, it was, uh, it was not a good thing, but it meant that I did just have to breeze through it basically. So, and get on with it. But yeah, it, it was, it wasn't very nice. <laughs> that was 10 years ago. Yeah. And how long did the treatment take? And at that time? Oh, I, it was probably about a year. I, I, okay. I couldn't, I can't tell you exactly. I mean, I had okay. the lumpectomy. Um, okay. I had a lumpectomy. Um, I was lucky because they'd got it quite early. So, um, you know, in that sense, yes, I was really lucky. Um, it hadn't spread. They took out um, a couple of lymph nodes just to check them. And that was another big issue because what they normally do is they leave you asleep, check them, and then come back to you. But because I was pregnant, I didn't. they didn't want me under anesthetic for the shortest possible time. Um, but when I got there, the guy said, oh, yeah, and then we're going to go and check your nodes, and then we're going to bring them back. I was like, no, no, you can't. I'm pregnant. And I was crying. I was like, no. And then the surgeon came in and said, no, no, he's got it wrong. It's all fine. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, about a year. And then I, I had radiotherapy, and I did that. That was it. Oh, and then they tried to put me on, uh, how was it called, tamoxifen? Um, so I started taking that. I took it for a week. Um, I found myself very depressed. Um, I don't know if it's to do with that or just everything that had happened, but I went to the doctor and I said, I don't want to take this anymore. I did a bit of, re and that's when I started um, doing bits of research around stuff. And I just said, no, I'm not happy with taking this. Um, and he said, that's fine. So I stopped taking it. And that was the end of my treatment. Right. And and then did you go to Malawi after that? Yes. Decided to go and, and yeah. spend your time there. How long yeah. were you there? Four years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, lovely. Yeah, was, That's really nice. So what brought you back? Because you were in London then, weren't you? Were you yeah. living around London? And then so you went to Malawi, lived there for four years. And I guess you probably went through a lot of healing at that time as well, just letting people letting you be where you were. What brought you back to the United Kingdom? Um, it was really to do with work. Um, the school that I was working at, there was a few um, kind of bit, few issues going on. Um, and I tried to find another job in Malawi, but I was unsuccessful. So, and my daughter started secondary school and she's dyslexic. And I thought um, that <laughs> she would be better here. But actually, in hindsight, I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> the case. Um, but anyway, we came back and I decided not to go back to London. I wanted to go live somewhere else. And um, we came to Bristol and probably the best thing I've ever done. I love Bristol now. Um, took me a while. Hated it at first, but I would have hated anywhere. Um, my heart will always be in Malawi. That's that. That's for sure. But um, I do love. I I do love Bristol. And obviously, I would never would have met um, lovely Linda if I hadn't have come. So I believe things happen for um, a reason. So yeah, yeah. So you came back to Bristol. You got a job teaching are you still yep. doing special needs is that right and um, children... I was, well I'm a geography teacher so I was doing geography okay. but now I'm back cool. into um, special needs yeah okay yeah. okay and so you're kind of just getting on with your life and then yeah I thought you know I thought everything was fine I thought everything was good and um I I'd, you know I was quite positive 
and everyone, oh, you know, you'll be fine. And then I had, I went for my regular um, mammograms, which I don't have anymore. But um, at that time, I did. I suppose in a way, it was good that I did. Um, so they, um, when I went for the scan, they, I got a letter to say that I needed to go back. So my heart kind of sunk. Um, everyone around me, oh, you need to be positive. You need to be positive. And I said, well, it's kind of easy for you to say that, but I've had this before. So um, my mind is thinking in a different way. And I'd rather think negative for when I get there, get good news. <laughs> you know, I think that that's the worst thing to tell people. Just be positive. Oh, yeah. it's horrible. I hate it. I don't say it to anyone anymore. I don't yeah. say yeah. it. Because, <laughs> yeah, there, and there are people who will say, oh, I'm, I'm positive about everything. But, yeah, that's great. But there are other people who just need to process first. And, yeah. and I think you've got to go through this all the stages of emotion and being positive yeah. it's like it's, it's like a pressure on you to you, you yeah. need to be yeah. positive you need to stay positive no actually sometimes you've got to cry and get angry and scared yeah. before you get to the other side I, I also think that whole thing sometimes is for other people's benefit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's that saying. you are showing you're positive because it makes everyone else feel better. Yeah. If yeah. you rock up and you start crying, people don't know how to deal with that. So you almost yeah. put on a front to, and it's not because you're being negative or you're not, you know, wanting the best. We, you know, everyone wants that, but you know, you do it really for for other. I think it, a lot of it is for other people. But anyway. Yeah. So I so I go and um, they tell me that I have um, now look you have to excuse me because I'm not very scientific with everything so it will just come out in layman's terms but so they basically said that I had um, DCIS which I have done quite a bit of research on um, now um, again I was flawed I was like oh gosh you know I've got to go through all this again I thought I thought I'd done with it. When I researched it, I found, I, and what I found out, I said to the surgeon, look, I don't actually know if we need to do anything here. Um, I've done a bit of research on it. And she said, the problem with you is that you are high risk because you've had cancer before. And they tested it. They said, no, we're, we're a bit worried. We think we'd like to do a lumpectomy. So I thought, okay, you know what? Let's do the lumpectomy. Let's go for it. Um, so off I go again, back through this whole horrible um, system that I absolutely hate, um, had the lumpectomy. Um, and it was around this time, I think, that I really started doing a bit of kind of researching. I think I was a bit more focused on myself now. Um, and for me, and the, the thing that nobody got, I just didn't... I kept saying to the surgeon but it's come back and you don't seem bothered about that and she said no 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 it's not come back it's a new cancer I said no it's not I said I have cancer in my body I've had it before how can it be and maybe it is but to me it's not to me it was it's in my body now that tells me that there is a fundamental problem and I need to find out what that is now I know I'm never ever going to know the real source of my cancer I, I I can't but what I can do is eliminate as many avenues as I possibly can to try to work out because it just didn't make sense to me what am I going to keep am I going to keep attacking it or keep taking it out is it going to keep coming back what if but what if you take my boob off and it comes back somewhere else oh no that won't happen well for me that's how it feels 
So I was a bit upset that they um, didn't seem concerned that I had it again. And that's when I started really, really looking into things. And at the same time, a friend of mine, um, who's she had cancer quite a long time ago, she um, contacted me and just said, oh, you should try chaga mushrooms. So I was like, oh, okay then. <laughs> so I looked into them and I was like, why not? Let me try them. Um, and that's when I started looking into other things. I started looking into, um, which I can talk about, loads um cbd oil um cannabis um i started looking into lots of different things um and it was around this time i can't remember linda had i had my second operation when i met you yes yes you have yeah so then um they when i went back to the surgeon they said that they hadn't had a proper um margin so they needed to do another operation um, they wanted to give me a mastectomy, um, but I, I, I wasn't really, I, I don't, I, I can talk a lot about that as well, but I, I didn't really want to go down that road. And eventually she said, okay, fine, we'll do another um, lumpectomy, which they what, did. Why did they want to do the mastectomy? Because, oh, sorry, I forgot to say, they found cancer cells. So it wasn't DCIS anymore. It's now cancer. Right. So I think right. they thought that, you know, let's just get rid of the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I went, I've been quite a long, a long, quite a bit of a journey with that as well because, um, but that's linked to after meeting Linda and finding more about, about nutrition. So it, cha it kind of changed my mind on quite a few things. And I know at that at that time you were you were worried because they were telling you you would have plastic mesh put into yes. your body. And yes. I know you've done so much research on that at that at that time. Yeah, I mean, basi basically, to kind of shorten the story um, slightly, is that I started doing research and I contacted. Um, I th are they called natural dispens dispensary in Bristol, Linda, where you're. They've got um, herbalists and all other people that work for them. I can't remember what they're called. Um, is it Urban Dispensary? Yeah, possibly. So I contacted them because I thought oh, maybe I should go and see a herbalist yeah, and, urban and find out a bit more. So I spoke to this lovely woman. She was so sweet. And she said, um, I'm going to give you another lady's name who I think will be much better for you because she specializes cancer and that amazing lady is our amazing linda <laughs> <laughs> she is fantastic she's one of those hidden gems yes people don't people are learning about her which is exciting i love it so before before we jump into to, to that do you mind um i'll put something up on the show notes about dcis but did they did they find out if and maybe this is, I should have, this is going to be coming forward? Did they find out if it was the same type of cancer? Is it a or is because they said they that it wasn't? It was a different one. Have they found out if it was the same? Do you what, know? Same as sorry, what do you mean? Same I, as when you had the first time you had breast cancer. I think it is, yeah, because it's I I don't I I'd have to check it properly, but I'm pretty sure it is because it's um is to do with the hormone, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that it that it is. I mean, they didn't really state that. But from what I've read and what I've seen, I'd say it is. Okay. Yeah. Because they have their they have their five year period. So after if you're mm -hmm. clear after five years, 
that's the end of your cancer. You don't have cancer anymore. Mm. So if you then get it again, according to their data, that is now a new case. You now have a new cancer. So they don't link the two. Um, and at no, at, And at no point did anybody ever link or talk to me about any of that, not at one point. Nobody wanted to discuss my lifestyle. Um, uh, the only things they said were the normal things. Oh, don't drink, um, exercise. That I think was it. Um, but as a relatively healthy person, that's not enough information. Yeah. I, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you were also sent for psychological evaluation, weren't you? Because... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, what happened was when... So when I went to see Linda, my under, this is how I see it. I need to remove all or as many toxins out of my body as I can. And then I need to fill up with loads of good stuff. That's how I see it. So that my body becomes strong enough to attack my cancer. So that um, I don't feed it anymore. I don't give it anything that it wants. And then my body needs to come in and attack. That's how I simplify it in my in my mind. So when I go to the doc, the surgeon and they talk about reconstruction, uh, that goes against everything that I my understanding. It, it it it's all wrong because what they're saying is okay. We can give you first choices that I just have a mastectomy and remain as I am. Now, yeah, I understand that lots of women do that and they're comfortable with it. But I felt that I I've got small boobs. They're not big. I'm not the most vainest person in the world, but I don't think I was ready for that. Um, I was scared that it would knock my confidence. Um, I was scared about quite a lot of things. And I think if it had been more far advanced, maybe I would have said, yes, let's do that. Um, but I feel that I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I can play around a little bit um, because it's, it's not at that stage. Some people would disagree with that, I know, but that was my choice. This is your journey. So, so you went and saw what was it? Uh, what's the name of the company? Urban. Oh, it's an urban fringe dispensary. It's a that's it's it. A herbal clinic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you went to them because you decided you needed to find ways to to really support your body so it could really combat those, get rid of the the bad guys and put the good guys in. Essentially, yeah. is you know to um, oversimplify in a major way um, because we know it's much more complicated than that. And then you met Linda. So what was your process there? What did you guys do? Well, Linda, who's love, the loveliest person in the world, firstly, um, doesn't judge you. And for me, that's the most important thing. She has never judged me. I can tell her anything. I know that she's not going to be, um, she's not going to look at me and look, look down on me or make a comment. She's just brilliant. And so she looks at everything. She goes through all your lifestyle, um, what you eat, um, how you cook your food, where you get your food from, um, what supplements you're taking, what ones you need to take. Um, even when I told her that I was taking cannabis, she didn't comment, but she wasn't. She just looked at me, said, okay. <laughs> um, and so, and the, I mean, for me, the other one is I love going out at weekends dancing. Um, I'm not going to lie. I had like a few drinks. And again, she never judged me. She's just kind of, we've just talked about why that's not good yeah. and things that I can do. So I just, and 
anytime I've got an issue or a problem, I just know that Linda will always do her utmost to kind of think about me and what would work for me. And I think that's really, 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 really important, really important. And I trust her, like I really trust her 100%. I mean, she can't always get it right because none of us can, but um, yeah, she's always my, I talk, I go, I go talk to her for everything now. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. We all I do. Know. Yeah, that's the way it goes. <laughs> Any problems in my life, I call Linda. <laughs> oh dear. Your very own agony at. I, I love how, you know, Sarah kind of really took everything on board and you, you went and you basically became juicing, you're the juicing queen because you juice yep. everything. I and do. That's, that's so, so many funny stories in there because, you know, sometimes she calls me like, oh, I've got rhubarb and I've juiced rhubarb. And thinking, oh, I've got all the oxalate. You know? ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I juice everything. I mean, look, it's not easy sticking to a um uh, uh, I suppose you call it a diet but I don't th I think a diet I don't know if that's what I'd call it now for me it's my life it's, um I don't think I could change now um um it's just become part of everything I do my kids are part of it you know if they see me trying to pinch a bit of a chicken wing they'll shout mom are you taking the chicken wings? No, not me. I'm not taking chicken wings. No. So everyone's kind of part of it. And even my daughter now, her mates come round. Oh, Sarah, what juice are you making? So, um, oh, Sarah, I've got this wrong with me. Could you make me a juice? So, it, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's been nice. I think the hardest one for me has to be alcohol. I'm not saying I'm a massive alcoholic by any stretch of the imagination, but it's quite a hard one for me to stop completely. And I think uh, me and Linda came to, I said, eventually said to Linda, look, I can't do this because it's making me more miserable and it's stressing me out because when I go out, I'm stressed because I know I can't even have one drink. Whereas now what I do is I have a few, not loads, but a few. And actually that's much better for me. That's much better. It works for me. Hmm. So, And that, but, it, you know, it needs to work for you and needs to fit within your yes. lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. But if you if you're doing everything else really, really well, then you know one one glass of wine here and there is not going to be a huge issue. Exactly. But but <laughs> I would always yeah. advise you know not to have alcohol at all when somebody has cancer. Yeah. But you know I'm a realist also. You know you can't you can't be hundred percent perfect. Yeah. No. Um, Linda, you asked me about the them sending me to the um what's it called psychiatrist at the hospital uh, the reason they sent me there was because I was um I didn't want the the they were going to do a mastectomy take some fat from my stomach and then put some plastic mesh in and when I queried the surgeon about the type of plastic they were using um he first of all was just like brush me off I said no I need you to write it down please and I'd like the safety report for that mesh uh, is that what they call it you know when you've got a chemical you have a safety thing yeah. um he called a nurse in because he couldn't deal he didn't know how to have that conversation uh called a nurse in and then the next time I went to the surgeons they said I needed to go and see a um a medical psychiatrist because um it might help me <laughs> because so, you queried about having yes. plastic put into your yes. body 
And since then, I'm on a Facebook page for women that is called Sling the Mesh. I don't know if you heard of it. It's no, what a great about name. women that have had, uh, what's it? Is it a prolapse? When, mm. yeah? yeah. And they have this mesh, the same, exactly the same mesh put yeah. in them. And now they're fighting the government because um, they've all got these mad symptoms because their immune systems are attacking it, basically. And um, a lot of them are trying to have it removed, but it tangles into your um, your body. And so it's quite dangerous to remove mm. it. But these women, honestly, their stories are shocking. So I wrote, put a little question talking about my situation and I got bombarded. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Interesting. And the man said to me, the, sur- the plastic surgeon, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I said, yeah, but I'm trying to get rid of toxins out my body and you want to put one in. I don't understand. Mm. I said, my nutritionist says I shouldn't even drink water from plastic <laughs> bottles. I think that's really brave of you. Um, really, really brave of you because the, that's one of the things I was thinking about was your care and treatment because you mentioned that before. I mean, when you had it the first time, doesn't sound like you've got much guidance at all about other than just don't drink Mm. Um, and there was nothing else. And then the second time, I I wondered if there was any difference in the 10 years in the way that you were treated or anything about that. Oh, right. So this was my other issue and they got angry. Well, they get angry with me. They got a bit annoyed with me. I, I said to them, I don't really understand how come there are all these people running around with pink t-shirts earning you billions and billions of pounds but you are offering me exactly exactly the same treatment you want to uh, do mammogram on me then you want to do uh, removal or mastectomy then you're going to probably offer me radiotherapy Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you offer me tamoxifen at the end um, and she said, I said, can you tell me what is different? Oh, no, the, the machinery is better. I was like, oh, okay. We're better at testing, which is probably true. But otherwise, everything is the same. So I wrote a letter to, there's a charity attached to Bristol um, Breast Clinic. So I wrote to them and I said, look, I know that you guys raise quite a lot of money. I was just wondering if it's possible with that money that you could employ a, a nutritionist not a dietitian, a nutritionist specialized in cancer to work in the hospital. And then everyone who comes in as part of your package Mm. should be referred to that person. I said, I'm sure, I don't know, I apologize, Linda, if the salary I'm going to say is wrong, but I'd say, what, 60 grand maybe a year? I don't know. But, you know, in compared to a piece of machinery mm. i would say that's quite a good investment they did not Absolutely. even reply to me they didn't even reply yeah see i, I think that's the problem you know you, you are uh, you go through through sort of the the motions you get your treatment and then you are discharged but no yeah. nobody talks to you really about the aftercare and about diet about it you know, yeah they say exercise but you know that's kind of a fleeting comment and nobody really talks to you about how can i reduce my risk of recurrence well and also I just think as well that when you're um in the hospital and you're on that that you're on that conveyor belt um you are your mind is preoccupied with that when you come off it and you come home that's when 
um, I would say I got slightly depressed for a little while. Um, I dealt with that myself, but I think I probably was. And I think it's because you've come off of that. You've been moving quite fast paced. Suddenly you'll stop. You don't really know what to do. You, 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 and for me, because it was my second time, I'm thinking, well, you know, what is this going to keep happening? What's going to, and so if, for me, the nutritional side has been really important because that's me taking ownership of myself mm. and me doing something for myself instead of just letting others do it for me or telling me what to do. And that has been really, really, really important for me. And I think helped me a lot. You know, um, I've lost a few friends along the way. People have stopped talking to me because um, of my choices. They've called me selfish. Um, said that I'm not thinking about my kids, um, you know, various um, comments. Because I was meant to have a mastectomy now, and I um, have discharged myself. So after my second lumpectomy, they told me I needed a mastectomy because they haven't removed all the cancer cells. At which point I said, okay, stop now. I need to um, reevaluate my situation, mm -hmm. and I need to take a step back and I need to think about what I want to do. Now, I'm not saying I won't do that in the future. I've told, said to Linda, you know, if my situation changes, then I'm not stupid. Um, if I need to do that, I will. But for the moment, I don't feel I need to. Um, and I would like to give my body a chance to do its thing. Yeah, give and, it a and go. You, and it's not like you're not no, proactive at all. You also have thermography. So... Yeah, yeah. I don't have mammograms. I have um, thermal image um, scans, which I have to pay for. They're really expensive. But right. um, for me, I don't get any radiation in my body, which I think is uh, really, really important. You have the, the image scan and then the doctors call you and talk to you. And the woman who works for the company, she has had breast cancer twice. Right. And her story is quite similar to mine. Um, so she's quite knowledgeable and um, they'll go through the whole thing with you. They even talk to you about food, nutrition. They ask you all the questions that should be asked in hospitals. They ask you. Um, I said, I don't need all that because I've got um, an amazing lady already. But they do go through it all. They talk about everything. They talk about filling, mercury fillings, um, all the stuff that they don't talk about in, in hospitals. I was having... Two a year, they were giving me them every six months. Um, but the last one, they've said, no, you only need to have it once a year now, which is brilliant news. So, yeah, wow. it's got, it's, the area has decreased, basically. So the area of concern, yeah. How exciting. So yeah. we'll have to get a link for the company that does the thermography so yes. we can share that as well. That would yes. be, yeah. be really yeah. good. So when just to do a little bit of a timeline, when were you diagnosed with... When when was the mammogram showing that you had what they thought was DCIS at that time? When what day? Well, when was it that? first started. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, um, it should be three years ago, mm. two, three okay. years ago yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was three years ago, mm. isn't it? Three years ago, yeah. Right. Have I known so that long? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I've had two two not in that three year period. I've had two lumpectomies, and I was meant to have. The next stage for them was to give me a mastectomy, which is when I researched into the um, uh, implants and and the impact of that. And and I also think that they underestimate the um, the 
mental, I don't know if that's the right word, the mm-hmm. mental yeah. impact of having it. They almost mocked me. It was almost like, well, you know, surely you'd rather remove your boob than have cancer. And it was like, well, I, like it's like they didn't, it's like everyone thinks or feels differently and it's a personal, very, very, very personal. Uh, one person said to me, but you've got small boobs, why are you bothered? Um, so, you know, these, those kind of comments are, are quite upsetting, obviously, because it's not just about that. And I'm not a really vain person. Um, Linda knows me, I'm, I'm not. But it is part of me, <laughs> you know. It it's still part of me. And if I don't really need to have it taken off, then I'd rather not. And also, to me, it's still patching a wound, but not working out why I had... It's still not looking at what is really the problem. And that was, for me, my the biggest thing, is then they're still, they're still not looking at the real issue here. Mm-hmm. You know, how much of my body will you have to keep chopping off? Because when we need to, I need to do more. I need to do more is um, how I felt. So can I, can I ask you, when you said that you have lost some friends, you've lost friends because you haven't had the mastectomy. Is that, is that right? They I, think you should have yeah, had they a think, mastectomy. Yeah, they, they find it hard to talk to me because um, um, they find it hard to talk to me because they don't understand what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. Um, and I think they find it difficult. I, I think they don't know how to deal with it. I don't know. I think it's more their insecurity rather than, um, rather than mine. Um, and I have lost a couple of, uh, well, one, one friend who passed away from um, breast cancer. And I don't know if maybe that's had an impact on, um, yeah what people think or how they see things i i try not to talk about it with certain people because i know that certain people um don't get it um so i don't bother having the conversation with them um and some people because i'm I t- i'm quite open normally about it i don't mind talking about it obviously um but um i think some people think i'm still trying to hide from something it's like what i don't <laughs> I don't know. Or be, but you, I don't think you're really okay, are you? You're not really okay, are you? It's like they don't want me to be okay. I don't know. I, don't I get, get it. you. Yeah. I get you. So they think that you're yeah. not really in such a good place. Exactly. You must be miserable. Yes, exactly. Yet, yeah. I had to ask you the question of mm-hmm. how are you or they feel awkward yeah. around you. So it's a real push me pull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I ask you, because you, you work with a lot of people who have cancer mm-hmm. in various stages, various types. Do you find that it's the emotional stuff? I mean, you've got a real, you've got a variety of protocols that you put in place to help people with from a food standpoint. I'm just really, I think a lot about the emotional side and the support because that was something I wrote down here was just support. Yeah, it it, it is. It's a massive part of, um, you know, what, what I do. Um Sometimes, you know, I do send uh, people who are really struggling to coaches or you know we'll look at you know what 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 can help that individual person so it you know everybody sees different form of sort of therapy but it it is a massive massive um part of it and i don't think it's addressed uh very well at all because you know you are possibly losing a, an organ a part of your body or you know and it, it it's it's a massive loss for a lot of people yeah um and 
it's just kind of presented well you, you get on with it because well at least you are here you know which is yeah yes yeah. of course that that is a big part of it you are here but you might have lost an organ you might have lost a part of you and that is that needs to be addressed too because it's it's not you know I, that there is a lot of disconnect and i, I think um people who uh, or cancer patients don't get properly listened to and i think that's what you know sarah found that nobody kind of was respecting her decisions that she wanted to make and yeah. whilst i can't tell her it is a right decision or it's a wrong decision you know it's this is her decision but i'm i'm there to support her through her decision and of course if you know we get to the point where i will say sarah i think you really need to have the surgery or you know rethink that but i also want to respect her feelings about everything that's been happening and she has done so much research you know, it's not like she's just doing it on a whim. She has done a lot of research and, and that, you know, they need, you need to be able to have a discussion about that and you should really, you know, if, if one one thing, like one common denominator, most people say, I wish my doctor would listen to me a bit more and actually have that conversation. It was, um, it was interesting because when I went for the second um, uh, lumpectomy, the anaesthetist, asked me what supplements I take so she wrote them down and then she said to me why do you take those so I said to her um do you have cancer do you have cancer no I said well then I don't think you're in a position to comment on why I take those and you might need to go back and have a big think about why I might be taking them and what, that, what did they, was it a man or a woman? What did a woman. He sh- what did a she woman. say? She just carried on with just what, off she went. I said, I've got cancer and I'm doing everything in my power to try to get rid of it or slow it or whatever. And I yeah. think if you were in my position, you possibly would be doing the same thing. And whether you think it's not any good or not is really irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant. And if I believe in it, um, as a guy at work, I wear this necklace it's a radiation protection it's probably a load of old rubbish but it makes me feel good so you know what it's not doing anyone any harm my, my a bit a few pennies out of my pocket that's about it but you know nobody should judge what somebody is doing if they believe in if they believe in that and i couldn't believe it when she said that to me i was like whoa okay you know, and even even when I left, they told me I had to take um, uh, what's the strong painkiller? It begins with a C, I think. Codeine. Co- yes. So I said, no, no, I don't need to take that. I said because I take other stuff for pain. Um, and they said, no, no, you have to take it. I said, well, I don't have to. You would like me to, but I don't have to. If you can explain to me why do I have to take it? And and what she's saying made sense because when you're not in so much pain, you can move more and therefore you don't stiffen up. I said, I get that. I said, but I'm quite aware of my body. Um, I recovered really quickly in the, my previous two operations. I'm sure I'm going to be fine. Um, but yeah, they weren't happy with me. And in the end, I took it with me because the woman was so, couldn't cope with me not taking this <laughs> painkiller. <laughs> so I <laughs> took it with me. Yeah. Hey, do you know, like the supplements, the supplements we suggest as nutrition therapists, you know, there is research behind them. And yeah. I think that that's, 
you know, we, we don't just recommend something because somebody said, you know, we, we, we do research and like we, you have taken quite a bit of mushrooms all over the few years. Mm-hmm. And, we know mushrooms are going to come into the victory on this one. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, <laughs> there's like hundreds of studies, thousands of studies on medicinal mushrooms and they are used like, you know, in Japan, they are used actually alongside treatments, alongside chemotherapy. So, you know, we, we should really start looking into incorporating these things into um, cancer therapies and cancer treatments. But and, I, and I think that's one of the big things. I think I mentioned it um, in, in previously is that linking the two together because, you know, you can go down the more traditional route, mm-hmm. but it can be complemented with, with other stuff as well. I mean, some people yeah. wouldn't want to do what I've done, which is like kind of go go all in and I get that I 100% get that but at least allow them to have a few choices even even through the traditional journey so that they can try other things and just by doing that might make them make you feel better you know I don't know it just feels that it's either one or the other and that and and neither likes each other either so it's like it shouldn't be like that I'm all for you know proper integrative approach you know because there is a place for both sides definitely you know I would never say to somebody do not you know go down the traditional uh, or the allopathic route because that would be wrong too so there must be sort of coherent conversation about marrying these two together yeah it is interesting that one side likes the other you know better it's kind of like yes one is one's more of no I'm the big guy I shouldn't say it that way but it is quite interesting that from a, a holistic side we want to be friends and want to make friends with conventional or mm-hmm. allopathic mm-hmm. medicine from a, <laughs> I'm into simplifying it all but that's those are the basics of how do we how can we get on so you make mm-hmm. the most out of a person's health and well-being and particularly yeah. for yeah. Sarah this is a, a big deal well, for anyone who's not well but in Sarah's mm-hmm. instance mm-hmm. on the show yeah um I, I yeah i don't know if it'll ever change but hopefully maybe one I mean, day there, there, are, there, there, there are people out there you know there are people out there who are very inspirational and i think Absolutely. you know we, we will we will get there we, we are on our mission we've got our mission to oh. align these things sarah and you're part of that really for yeah coming on and talking. Ama- it would be amazing definitely definitely it would be amazing and it's been um really good because obviously i've got a lot of connections in malawi as well and um linda knows um i've got a good friend in malawi who also has breast cancer um and for people in those for for, for you know in countries where um the health system probably isn't quite as good as it is here due to financial restraints. Um, you know, the nutritional route is brilliant because they've got it all on their doorstep. You know, they've yeah. got this amazing opportunity where it's all there. And I love talking to her because all the stuff that I'm like, oh yeah, we can do this. She picks it off trees, and you know, it's mm-hmm. all it's all there. So we've been talking a lot about maybe doing something there as well for women, so that they're a bit more a bit yeah. more understanding about what things they can do for themselves um you know so yeah who knows and, what and, when you, and also when you think about you know nutritional therapy it's not like we're doing something radical we're, we're telling people to no. just eat well you know yeah. take, <laughs> take the foods that are damaging that are inflammatory out of their diet and yeah um just improving their nutrient status optimizing their health you know it's not we're doing anything dangerous and sort of 
It's wow. um, the uh, the biggest one for me is the no sugar. So um, I cannot tell you how many times I've been told, "Oh my gosh, you're so good! You don't eat sugar." And I was like, oh, here we go. Oh, so why don't you eat sugar? You don't look like you need to lose weight. So then it's like, shall I, I just say it? And sometimes I just say it on purpose. I go, I've got cancer. Um, I think I'll just say it. Because, you know, uh, other times I go, oh, well, I just, you know, don't eat it for health reasons. But everyone, it, there's nobody ever just lets that go. There's mm. always a comment. Oh, I wish I was as good as you. I wish I didn't eat sugar. And, you know, so and it's funny, our relationship with sugar, for example, is quite a strong relationship. Yeah. Um, and I remember in the beginning, you were uh, whenever you went to a restaurant or cafe, you were, like, you were asking, what, what are you cooking it with? What have you put in it? Yes, <laughs> I still do. But I still do. I still do that. I still ask. And um, particularly about the sugar, because a lot of things have sugar in that we don't realize. Yeah. And the other thing for me is my taste has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I can't eat um, really sweet foods anyway. So if something has got a lot of sugar in, I'm like, Oof, no, I, I'm not quite as fierce as I was before. Like if I go to someone's house and they've made a cake, I might have like a tiny bit of it. Um, but um, but yeah, I still can't eat. I can't eat sugar. Yeah. I think it's one of being the best ones given up, actually. I'm really pleased I've given up sugar. Well, well yeah, done, really you. Pleased. Yeah. So how are you doing, Sarah? What's what's going on and how are you health-wise? Can we talk about that? Yeah, you can. Um, I think I'm all right. I think I'm good. Um, I feel all right. I feel much better. I'm feeling much better than I did maybe about a year ago. I think I went for a bit of a dip. Um but I think now I'm feeling much better. Um, in terms of my cancer, I went for my thermal image scan. Oh, I can't remember, Linda. Was it a few months ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I was, I've had two, I think. I've yeah. had two or three. It's about six months, your last one? Yeah, and it was yeah, really, yeah. really positive. Yeah. Really positive. So they grade you. So I don't know if you know, it goes from a five down to a one. So five, mm-hmm. I think, is bad one is good um and I was on a three and I've gone down to a two which wow. is just so two's pretty much normalish. so if I can get down to a one perfect that's um, amazing and so they were doing yeah as I said they were doing it every six months now um I only have to go once a year so and they're just brilliant because they have you know they're like Linda they're so passionate about everything <laughs> and I'll be I, I'm on the phone to the woman for hours when she calls me so <laughs> um, and they explain it all because it's quite scientific when you get the report which makes no sense to me what I remember saying to Lee, I don't understand it <laughs> I don't get it it looks really bad but then when they explain it all to you and I think the other thing I really respect them for is they always say look if you know you still need to keep in touch with your um with your oncologist oncon- what's the word Cancer. thank yeah. you that person you still need to keep in contact with them so they're not telling you to dismiss everything which um i think is really really good um so oh, yeah. what have they what has their response been because you're, they wanted you to have the mastectomy. This was in order to get rid of it. And mm-hmm. now you've been able to reduce it through food and lifestyle changes that you've implemented. What is there? Have they made any comment to that? At I all? don't, I, 
I don't go to them. I have to be honest. I've not spoken to them because when I was le- when I said to them, look, you know, I'm going to give myself, I, I told them I'm going to give myself a year. I went off to Malawi for a bit on holiday, been on loads of holidays. Um, but um, I said to them, you know, I'm going to dismiss, I'm going to just discharge myself. And she said, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Can I offer you, can I offer you radiotherapy? Can I, oh, oh, can I offer you tamoxifen? And I said, oh my gosh, you're not hearing me, are you? You're, you're not hearing what I'm saying to you. If you're going to start offering me all these things, you're not getting where I'm coming from. I said, yeah, let's just leave it. So she's, my surgeon was lovely, I have to say. She's so lovely. Um, But she just didn't, she couldn't cope with me just going without, she she wanted to fix me or do something. Yeah. That's her job, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. That's her job is to, is to do no harm. She was lovely. I have to say, yeah, yeah, she was lovely, lovely, lovely woman. Um, you know, and obviously they're in a difficult position because they can't agree or disagree with what you're doing because they're not allowed to. So, mm. you know, even if she did think, oh, yeah, what a great idea, she could never say it anyway because, you know, they can't mm. say. Mm. And I did question them about other people that have done similar things. And she said, oh, we just never hear from them. Um, we never really know what's happened or I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> well, I would say it might be interesting for you to let her know how you are. Actually. Yes, maybe I, I should go and see she, her. <laughs> if she said she never hears back from them, it might be nice yeah. for her to to hear the yeah. success stories of things going down rather than up. And so yeah. that's one thing I would encourage you to do. And yeah, I mean, because that's exciting, really. So, um. What haven't we talked about? There's, there's um... Sarah's blog. We haven't talked about Sarah's blog. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. <laughs> Sarah's <No>. blog. <laughs> have enough full stops in it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how you talk. <laughs> I, well, yeah, my brain is too fast. So it's going too quickly. So, yeah. yeah. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great so blog. No full, I, I don't, no full stops. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I started my blog really because um, I got fed up telling people about me. Um, I got fed up people keep asking me. Now, look, I don't want people to get it wrong. It is nice to ask people, but I just got fed up with it. And it felt like every conversation was always going the same way. And I didn't always want to be talking to people about that. Um I wanted to chat about other things. Um, And if I decided I wanted to talk about it, then that's fine. But so I thought, right, let me write a blog. And at least that way it puts it out there. Everyone can see what I'm feeling. Everyone can see what I'm thinking. And then they don't have to keep asking me. And um, actually, it's been quite nice because it's quite nice kind of kind of puts it. It kind of is gone now because I've written it down and that's it gone. Mm. So it's um, quite a good thing. And I don't know, maybe someone might read it who thinks, oh, well, I might do that or, well, yeah, I might try that. Because one thing I have realized, apart from Linda, is you don't get very much support in terms of choosing different routes. Um, so if I can be that support to someone else or, or you know, whatever, then that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So, yeah, that's my blog. 
that's good. And have you had much feedback from friends and family about it? Did they read it? Yes, I have. It? I've had quite a lot of feedback. It's all been very positive. Um, everyone, a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realise you'd gone through so much. Um, oh, I didn't realise that's how you felt. Um you know, that kind of thing. And, um, oh, it's so good to hear, you know, I've got another friend who has um, breast cancer. Um, she had similar experiences and she said, oh yeah, you know, my story is so similar, but you know, you d- you just don't really talk or tell people about it. Um, so yeah, I think it's been, yeah, I've had quite good, apart from the full stop comment. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's so therapeutic when you actually write things down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not a brilliant writer but it's been quite it's it's nice it's just nice to do it so yeah I think your writing style is you you know I've read them and (laughs) I think they're absolutely delightful and not not delightful in what you've gone through but it's your personality oozing Mm. out on the web and I think it's really wonderful and in so many ways because you're helping other people contextualize their own feelings that they could be going through and it doesn't matter if they're not having that same feeling they're still going you know that's I understand I feel that you know I I get that and Mm -hmm. there's someone else who's voicing something and saying hey this isn't you don't have to do it this way so I think it's wonderful I've said that how many times so you know well done to you for having the courage to do it because it takes a lot of courage Sarah really yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the difficult bit as well is like not offending anyone, like because um, people have quite strong views about stuff, and I don't want anyone to ever think. And I think you mentioned it right at the beginning that I'm judging anyone for what they do because I would never do that in a million years. Because um, we all do things, and you know, it's the same when you, you know you're younger and you've got a new boyfriend and this one doesn't like that boyfriend and thinks you shouldn't be with them and we've all got you know our opinions and but at the end of the day you have to do what's right for you and so it's it's just writing it in a way that it is about me this is about me I'm not telling anyone what you should do I'm not judging anyone for doing anything in any other way because um as I say I would never do that and also I never know where what's going to happen in you know four or five years time you know I I I don't know so you know I have to I may have to make changes but what I do know is regardless of the cancer even just changing um the changes I have made have been positive anyway forget Mm -hmm. you know cancer and you know particularly with what's going on around us at the moment I'm so happy I've done it because I think it's helped me um with what's going on you know at the moment so yeah uh, it's positive in many, 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 many ways, regardless of uh, of cancer. Um, interesting, me, my daughter was at school the other day and they're doing a project about healthy eating. She's going, oh, mum, I'm going to be amazing at this. And um, <laughs> so I, I, I said to her, you know, you feel you can talk about me if you want. It's absolutely fine. I spoke to the teacher. I said, look, I don't mind if she talks. And she did. And apparently she did it really well. She spoke about, you know, my juicing. <laughs> don't stand still in our house too long. Otherwise, mum might put you through the juicer. <laughs> um, so she spoke about all that. So, um, yeah, so it's good. So. You know, it's even impacting on my kids as well, which, uh, I mean, I know yours are amazing, Linda. I watch your 
family meals. I'm Tell like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're incredible. They're like, They're how cool. perfect do you look? Well, so. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> not always, not always. I think, I think we all want Alex to come in and cook for us is what I think. Oh, my you know? God. Alex I know. Amazing, isn't it? We should hire Alex as our chef. <laughs> You're not going to university, Alex. You're cooking for us all. Oh, amazing. So. amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. But, you know, even if it brings awareness to them, I and, and yeah. I hope as they get older, maybe they'll start taking on board. Um, and I, I think, you know what, it's really important actually for people to see that, yes, you have cancer, but you look so incredibly healthy and you are thriving. You know, you're cycling everywhere. You, you've got so much energy. And that just that is really inspiring because yeah. we've got this image of somebody has cancer, you know, that they look very poorly and they've got no energy but you are just the complete opposite of that um sort of notion that people yeah have. someone someone said to me when this virus started they said oh my gosh Sarah I think that you need to um be really careful and you need to um stay in I said actually on the contrary I said I think I'm in an amazing position because my diet is so amazing I reckon I got a really strong immunity I actually think touch wood um I'll be all right. I said, I'm not worried in any way. And um, I even made sure that I've upped some of certain things to kind of compensate for it. But um, I'm so happy that I've already done it so mm. that, you know, things like this happen. I'm not as, I'm, I'm, I'm not so concerned, you know. And someone said about my cancer, I said, I, I don't think that's an issue. I said, if I was on chemotherapy, yes, I think that's a different um, mm. something different altogether but I'm not I said and so my body's pretty good and I said I I, I you know touch words I'll be I think I'll be all right <laughs> so, you're definitely you're definitely yeah. ahead of the game on most people and even people who don't have cancer mm. you're well ahead of the curve on your health and well-being from a fitness standpoint mental spiritual standpoint nutritional standpoint mm. you've got it all and that's what oozes through your your vitality and vivaciousness um, without full stops. <laughs> Sounds good. Your, your blogs, which is great, you know. So, yeah. Um, okay, so these are, I feel like we're sort of winding down a bit. I could be wrong. I've got idea. I Linda will laugh at me. I always have ideas. I'm thinking about these people in Malawi and the exciting stuff that you're doing with them and, and how we can support them. But what can we do from a standpoint here, Sarah? Is there anything that we can do to help you as um you know, voice, you know, sharing your story on the podcast, but as practitioners listening, anyone listening, is there anything we can do to help you? The only thing I did suggest Linda once um, is um, I spoke to you about the possibility of us setting up something. Um, I don't know how it would work. This again is just an idea um, because in Malawi, um, the healthcare system is not as um, good as here. It's not as accessible to everybody because of financial constraints. Um, and we were talking about the possibility of doing some kind of, you know, how you're doing the online stuff at the moment, yeah, Linda, yeah. Um, setting up something like that so that people mm. could have access to some information. Now, people can't afford to pay um, what what we would pay here. And so we were thinking if there was a way that we could do something mm, mm. like, like a, group, a charity thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, maybe um, a social enterprise sort of thing or something, yeah. I don't mm. know, some sort of charity or something that you yeah. can set up for and that's all about food. Yeah. 
it would be brilliant um so that people could get access to information and find out um find out stuff that would be really 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 good i've got some amazing contacts so yeah yeah um, we can definitely have, have a conversation contacts. and yeah yeah see what yeah. we can do yeah because there there are a few people in malawi that i've um i know uh of two women at the moment who um have cancer um but you know it's the cost implication of you know because you can't transfer the money doesn't transfer you know what you earn there doesn't mm -hmm. transfer to here so if you said like 50 pound an hour here uh that's it's still a lot here but it's even like that's somebody's monthly mm -hmm. salary so yeah and then when we look at supplements and everything else yes on top of that so yeah you have yeah. you have to look at different ways to support and mm -hmm. and it's not even over there there are people it's really getting the word out over here because the thing that I keep thinking about is how it's just there's so many people left in that vacuum of or, yeah. or left on the cliff edge of okay this has happened now what what do I do to help myself well I went to um I went to the Penny Brown and um I did a little the residential thing and then I went there a few months later and I said look I've things that only one having cancer when you're pregnant I think is quite a big thing um and the fact that I've had it a second time and now I'm doing this new route I said I'd really love to support or have the opportunity to maybe chat to people who are going through a similar thing and but there's no that they won't put you in contact with anyone they said no we can't do that da, 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 da. so yeah I just think that would be a nice thing to be able to support do yeah yeah can, i mean not everyone not everyone wants to talk to people i get that yeah. but but that's something we can definitely look into and and do you know what I've, I've really wanted to actually do is a support group for men because oh, I find yes because they don't, don't go talk. yes yes and, and every time you go to a conference i went to a penny Brown conference um this last last year and that was a sea of women and few men yeah, you're right. And they don't they don't talk, they don't open up and I think that would be so so important to do Yeah, that. you're right. Yeah, definitely. It's hard, isn't it? I, I've had relations that have um gone through men in uh, my family who've had this and they just it, they're just different it's just a different thing of how they deal with it how they process it how private they are mm -hmm. you know just even any sort of stresses or anxieties in their lives you have to they just manage things differently yeah even my own yeah. mister who's really quite a, a very sensitive guy and he still processes things where I'm all over the place and it's like yeah. calm <laughs> and yeah. I talk you know talk to friends about it so and then and, and bury bury those feelings that's what you know as we talked about the it's emotional funny, side it, of it they do bury it a lot more than women do because we, we do talk to each other a whole yeah. lot yeah. more and it's funny, funny you should say that because now this is nothing to do with cancer, by the way. But in Malawi now, they've got um, a big, uh, a big increase in male um, suicide, um, and they're saying that mental health is an issue that's not really been uh, explored, and particularly for men. Mm -hmm. um, and it's to do with the cult, the way that the, cult, the culture, etc. But um, yeah, so it's a massive issue. I mean, it's a massive issue here, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they're supposed to go out and protect us and take care exactly. of us. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Okay, Linda, is there anything that you want to talk about we haven't? 
Um, no, I think we've, we've covered a lot of it. And I just, just want to say, you know, to Sarah, how amazingly inspirational she is. Because yeah. Wow, didn't I know said, that. Thank you. You, re- you really <laughs> are. You know, the, the, the way you kind of <laughs> took everything on board and the way you live your life is just, just really, really incredible, that sort of gusto you have. And I, I think you it's really quite chaotic. Oh, chaos is good. <laughs> chaos is very good. <laughs> I like it. That's why your your house is a party house. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's quite chaotic. But it's life. I mean, you're just living your life, and I think that's mm. that's what you know. That's what you're doing. You're just getting on with things, and it is refreshing. Yeah. It's it's, really it's nice. that yeah. living living well with cancer. And I think mm-hmm. we we often forget that that you can live well with the disease. Yeah. And I think like we talked once, Linda, about because obviously I'm pretty much vegan now, um, but my kids do still eat um, meat. So we talked once about I think you had a client who is struggling with the whole, oh, well, I can't do it because I've got to cook for the kids. And so, um, yeah, all that has taken quite a long time to get a system in place. And Mm. now there is quite we have got a bit system I don't do systems so it's probably not (laughs) but (laughs) it kind of works so quite often I do cook two meals but it's done in a way where I can kind of mix like yeah Mm, so I mean all that stuff uh, I'm quite proud of myself because I've stuck to it actually I have apart from the odd bit of chicken wing I haven't (laughs) eaten any meat and and the the goat curry gravy isn't it <laughs> Don't tell anyone about that. No. I was putting the um, goat curry gravy on my vegan nut roast. <laughs> yeah, I had. I yeah, it. I did great. do that. And the kids yeah. were like, "Mum, have you got gravy?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." So, did you make one? Yeah, I made a separate one. <laughs> well, that looks like the same as ours. No, it's not wow, the same. Definitely not funny. the same. It's been added. It's been added. I love it. That's great. That's really fun. That's refreshing. Oh, goodness. Well, listen, thank you both. Thank you so much for taking the time. And we through time lucky. We finally got there. Yes. For making this, this recording happen. And I just really appreciate your patience with me. But, you know. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you you for having having me. Yeah. Thank you, seeing you lovely ladies. Yes. Well, folks, that's all for today. I really appreciate your sitting in and listening in to Sarah's story and how she and Linda worked together. So Sarah really felt like she was participating in her health journey. This is one of the great things about being a practitioner. It's not always an easy journey for your clients, but it's great that we can be there and let them be heard and talk through ways to help them achieve the best health they possibly can. So then I will put information that we talked about on the show notes. I'll also provide information about, you guessed it, that Bellican. I am absolutely in love with my Bellican Rebounder. I'm an affiliate, and boy, am I thrilled I am. They are the best rebounders out there. They're absolutely fantastic, and they're a terrific way for you or your clients to improve health and well-being. There are a few other things I'd like to talk with you about, and one of them is, don't forget these podcasts are here to support 
collaborate, communicate, educate, and inspire one another. And the only way I'll know I'm doing this is if you let me know. So be sure and send me an email. I'd also like to thank you so much to those who have left me a review. And if you haven't done so already, please do that and subscribe and please spread the word. I would really be grateful if you did that. And on another note, the event that Anita Beardsley of Love Nutrition and I are organizing on the multifaceted effect of gut health. We are going to move this online due to all the social distancing and the uncertainty right now. It just makes the most sense to put this online, but watch this space. I'll provide details. Thank you again for listening to my show. I look forward to you sitting in and listening in next time. But for now, I'd like to wish you and yours the very best of health. Bye for now. Bye.